Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Let's get into the word of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Are you are you are you not happy with me this morning? Uh, amen. Let's give let's have a good big amen. amen. Hallelujah. This year we have declared that this is the year where we shall see the glory of the Lord. Say it after me, I shall see the glory of the Lord. And we have already established that you and I, we were not or never created by God for shame. We were never created by God for neglect, for obscurity, for insignificance. But we were created to display the beauty, the splendor. In other words, people are supposed to look at us, look at our lives and see the greatness of God or the power of God in and through our lives. We know that when sin came, it tempered with the glory that God gave to us because you and I originally, we were created um, after the image and the likeness of God. And our Bible describes God as the glorious God or as the king of glory, the father of glory. So when he created us, he created us in that image. But sin came tempered with that glory, but we are so grateful to God that God then sent Jesus Christ to come and to restore that lost glory or that glory that sin has tempered with in our lives. Amen. And we said that this month our focus is going to be on a theme, see the glory. And, and, and which means it is about developing a vision uh, for your glorious life and destiny. And last week we preached um, a, tit- a sermon titled, What Do You See? Amen. What do you see? And this morning we are going to be sharing um, briefly on the subject titled Clear Vision. Clear Vision. Tell your neighbor, fasten your seatbelt. We are about to have a rough ride. If I were you, I would take out my phone, my notepad, my iPad, my all the other things, uh, but uh, because if you are not writing down anything, it's not make sure. Turn with me to the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two, and verse number two. If you don't know where that book is, just scroll through your phone. You are definitely going to find it. H A B A double K U K, Habakkuk, chapter number two. And I'm just going to take verse number two in the Good News Translation. In the Good News Translation. For those of you who are reading from your um, Bible apps, uh, you will find that translation. Um, if, if not, take a picture uh, of it on the screen. It says, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly 
Say, write down clearly. One more time, write down clearly. And amazingly, it says on tablets. If you, if, if you don't get it, forget about it. Write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you. So that it can be read at a glance. So that it can be read at a glance. Father, we thank you for your word. This morning, we pray that you may speak to us, shape us and mold us. And most importantly, Lord, grant us the grace, the anointing, the power to be able to walk in the truth that we shall receive today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. amen. I said we have already established that you and I, if you are alive, you are here on earth, it is very important To have a vision for your life. God has already ordained that you and I are supposed to live glorious lives. We are supposed to reach our glorious destinies. And therefore, it is important for us to have that vision very clear to us and known to us. Otherwise, if we don't do so, we said from the message we preached last week that we are facing a risk of perishing or of lacking discipline in our lives. And many of us, of course, as I preach like this, and and maybe you are not hearing a message on vision for the first time. And many of us, when we hear such messages, we we are quick to maybe say to ourselves, and probably we, we are right, because at some point when we hear this message, there are certain things that we are thinking about. And maybe even right now you are saying to yourself, Mfundisi, I hear you, and I do have a vision. I do have a vision uh, uh, in my life, and that's what I am working on on daily basis. And I'm sure you will agree that uh, 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 many of us, even if we do have uh, that vision and we are struggling to to see it take shape or to see it being fulfilled in our lives and we are beginning to question the very same vision that we think we have so yes maybe you do have a vision but the question is is it written is it written down And if yes, where? If you don't have a vision, you need to have one. If you do have one, it has to be. It has to be. Let me say this. It is true that your dreams are valid. Every one of us, we have a right to dream, to have great and big dreams concerning our lives. But the only danger with a dream is that if you are not going to do anything about that dream, it will just simply remain a dream. And one day you are going to wake up. 
and the challenge about a dream, because I mean, dreams are free of charge. You don't have to pay. As a matter of fact, it is the spirit of God that stirs up your heart to cause you to dream, to cause you to think big, to cause you to have certain desires concerning your life, particularly when it comes to your future, where you are going. I'm sure there are certain houses that you see and you all of a sudden develop a dream of saying one day I would love love to stay in a house like this. Probably there are certain cars that you when you see your your heart, you know, is dead up and you you really and you say to yourself, oh, I'm dreaming of one day driving such and such a car. And probably there are certain families that you see and in your heart you are dreaming that one day maybe I will also uh, be part of such a family or I will even myself raise up such a family. Amen. So it is good to dream but the challenge with dreams is that dreams are random. Dreams are general. It is only when you transform your dream into a vision that it can allow you to give you practical things to work on in order for you to turn that dream into a reality. So if you dream and continue dreaming, your dream will just simply remain a dream. You have got to transition from dreaming into becoming a visionary so that you can work on your dream daily. (laughs) Now, The first step that I want to share with us, it is this very simple principle. Writing down your dream and your vision allows you to begin to focus on it. To begin to know and to remind yourself of what is it that you are working on. Remember, last week, the scripture that we read, which is a popular scripture concerning vision... It gives us a very strong principle. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. And that word simply means that we lack discipline. In other words, we are just going to be random people. We are just going to be trying out everything and anything without any particular focus and direction. With no vision that is fixed and written down, we we are just simply going to be wandering around. And I always make this joke, Bazalwan. That living your life without a vision is dangerous in a sense that today you are going to be hearing that uh, 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 such and such vacancies are being advertised in such and such a place and you are going to find yourself applying for that job. And if you don't come right, the two months down the line, they're going to be advertising a different one. Today, you want to adv- you want to apply for becoming a nurse. Uh, tomorrow, you want to apply for becoming a, a, a prison warder. Uh, and, and the following month, you now want to start a business all of a sudden. A person who behaves like that is a person with no vision. In other words, you are simply saying... I am taking it one day at a time and I will see where life takes me. And when you let life take you anywhere, you will find yourself in a place that you do not like. Because every day as we live our lives, this life has got different directions that you can take. 
And those, all of those paths, all of those ways have got people on them. And if you are just simply a follower who do not lead him or herself through a specific vision, you will be following people everywhere they are going and you will be following to pursue their visions and ignore your vision. I said we are about to go for a rough ride. So not only are you supposed to have a vision, but you are also supposed to write it down. Write down a comprehensive vision for your life, for your family, and for your calling. And I'm going to elaborate on that even later. Because another mistake that we make is, just, is that we just have a vision concerning a business that you want to start. But what about a vision for your life? What about a vision for your family? That's why we can make it in business but fail in life. Because we were only focusing on just making it in as far as our career is concerned. But yet we are failing in as far as life is concerned. Exodus 34 verse 27. Then the Lord said to Moses, write these words. Write these words, for according to the tenure of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So whenever God speaks to us, whenever God reveals something to us, a dream, a vision, a particular thing that he is saying, which is important because God does not speak for the sake of speaking. God speaks for a specific reason because there are things that he wants to achieve through what he is saying. And the first thing he used, to, he used to tell everyone he spoke to was that write it down. And how many of us, like for an example, uh, tomorrow we are starting uh, on prayer and fasting and the expectation that we have is that during this period, God will be speaking to us. And many of us, we go through prayer and fasting without journaling anything that God will be saying. We, we all assume that we are just simply going to absorb everything that God is saying and just move along, but we are not noting it down. Somebody once said, you know, we, we see it even in the, in the, in the culture of <laughs> coming to church, listening to messages, of which we believe God is talking to us at that point, but we are not writing anything down. Somebody once said, taking notes is a posture of learning. So if God would have a conversation with Moses and just start by saying, write it down, because it is going to be through these words that I am speaking to you now, that I I am going to make a covenant with you. So in other words, what I'm saying now is important. I'm not just speaking it for the sake of speaking it. And if you are not writing it down, it gives an impression of it's not as important. Have you ever spoken to somebody and the way that they, I mean, their demeanor as you speak to them concerns you. And you will, even though they are listening to you, you will ask them, but are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Why? It's because the way that they are, it's like you are wondering if are they taking what you are saying serious. Now, maybe if the president of the country speaks on TV because we don't like him, because we are not happy about him at at this moment, 
I'm not sure if you are not if you feel the same, but anyway. But but we have a choice of of saying, I'm not gonna take him serious. I'm not even going to take what he's going because probably he's promising and he's not going to even fulfill. I mean, yesterday, okay. Uh, but but anyway, but when God, who is true, who is faithful, begins to engage in a conversation with you, you better take him serious. And how do I take him serious? I'm going to note down what he is saying. I am going to write it down so that I can show him even that I am taking what he is saying serious. Because everything that God deems important for him and for his people, he he himself wrote it down. And not only that, he tells those he is talking to, to write it down. That's why when it comes to the commandments, God told Moses, write them down. Because it is important. God himself wrote on the wall, mene mene tekel ufasin. In other words, this is not just a good idea that man came up with to write stuff. It, it came from God because everything that is important, he wanted it to be written down. Are we together, Barcelona? Proverbs 3 verse 1, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. That's how important these commands are. Verse number three, let no mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. And then it says, write them on the tablet of your heart. Write them. In other words, let them be engraved. Let me provoke you with these words. If it is not written down, it was never important to you from the first place. If you have an important appointment, you are going to write it down. So if you claim you have a vision that you are going to spend the rest of your life pursuing, you better write it down. Whenever we attend meetings, we write minutes. Why? Because what we are discussing is important. And we don't want to forget it or we don't want to deviate from the resolutions of, the, of, of, of that particular meeting that we were part of. That's why we write it down. So that's why I'm saying if it is not written down. So in other words, if you are listening to me this morning and you are saying to me, I do have a vision that I am pursuing. I do have thoughts and ideas, but they are not written down. I'm sorry. Chances are, you are either you don't have a vision or you are not taking it serious. Revelations chapter number 19 verse 9. Then he said to me, write. This was God speaking. Write. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So if you believe that what you are sensing is true, write it down. Write it down. Write it down. That's why marriage is not marriage until it is written down. If you, if you truly say you love me, 
If you truly say you are committed to me for the rest of our lives, write it down. Let it be on paper. So that tomorrow when you want to turn against your words, I'll have proof. God himself, even though he has given us his Holy Spirit, he did not say we will hear his commandments and principles just from the Holy Spirit. He wrote them down. He wrote them down. We cannot manipulate it. And he said, in these words, we must not add anything. We must not subtract anything. Revelations 21 verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write. For these words are true and faithful. Tell your neighbor and say, write it down. Tell them, put it on paper. If it's not on paper, it's not important. So everything that God reveals to you and you write it down, he writes it on your heart. As you take out your pen to write on that piece of paper, God engraves it on the tablets of your heart. He leaves an imprint of it so that you are not going to deviate from it. So that it is going to drive your thoughts it is going to control your, your, your desires. It, it is going to control your appetite. Because this thing now is working you from deep within your heart. It is not just a nice conversation that you were having simply because we wanted to impress each other as friends. But now we are committed to something and this thing makes me not to sleep at night. You see, once it is written in your heart, you are not going to sleep at night. Sometimes you are going to be wide awake because these words now from within, from within your belly, from within your heart, God will be using these same words to clarify things that are confusing you in your life. You see, I'm sure you will know that when you want to write down something, you want to gather your thoughts because you want to construct it in a manner that will make sense. But when you are speaking, it can just be random. You see, I'm an author. At least I can say that because I've written many books. And one of my biggest fears as an author is to when I have a thought and I don't write it down and I postpone, I say I will work on it on Friday. By the time Friday comes, I'm trying to remember Man, what was that powerful thing? Man, and I will be trying and and I will be trying. I will be sorrowful. Because that thought at that point, it is gone. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit because then at the right time, in his own way, you know, trying to show me that next time, write it down. When he brings it back, I will stop the car. I will record a voice note or something simply because at that moment, I don't want that thing to repeat itself. So if you truly claim you have a vision, where is it? Why is it not written down? The question is, is it that important? If it is, you are going to write it down. So I want us, even this year, if we want to truly see the glory of God, it begins with having a vision that is from God. And if you are going to have a vision that is from God, we want to see it some way. So that it can be read at a glance. 
Am I making sense? So what you are busy writing down, God will write it on the tablets of your heart. Not only is it supposed to be written down, but it is supposed to be clearly written down. That's what we read in Habakkuk 2 verse 2. It must be clearly written down. That's why I said when you write it down, you want to gather your thoughts and construct that sentence properly. And at least when you are writing down, you even have time to check the word in the dictionary if it means what you want to express. So that if it doesn't, you are, you are going to change it until you capture accurately what you want to say from deep within your heart. Proverbs 28 verse 19 in the Passion Translation. Where there is no clear prophetic vision. Their vision must be clear. Some of us, our visions are not clear even to us. Somehow we have some idea of what we want to be or what we want to do someday, but it's not even clear to us. That's why it's difficult to pursue it. That's why sometimes we question it. That's why sometimes we wander away from it because we, 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 it's not even clear to us. Even when something or an opportunity comes that does not look like our vision, we are going to take it because the vision is not yet clear. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you are going to live your life now in this season, freestyling, this year is going to end. Either you will still be in the same place or in the worst place. It will end in tears, mama. How long Will you not know how to answer for yourself when you are being asked, what do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Write it down clearly. Take some time. We are going to be praying and fasting. Take some time. Say to God, clarify this thing to me. It must be clear. Clear to you. If it's clear to you, let me tell you. you, There are some of the things that you will not even have to pray for. Certain opportunities that you will not even have to bother God. Because things are clear. Remember we said, this is the year of the glory. In his light, we will see light. And when things become clearer in our lives, that's when we begin to live our lives accurately. Not just randomly. Any opportunity can take you to any direction. Because this life is full of opportunities every day. Every day there are advertisements on the paper of one or the other. That's why other businesses, you get it from the name. That, my goodness. In other words, this person simply says, anything that you can, that is business. I'm ready to do it. Security and construction services. I'm like, wow. We are going to eat obesity too. It's together. How do we move from security to construction? Is the vision clear to you? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? You know, Barcelona, you need to choose. What are you going to focus on and be good at? Yeah. 
and excel in it. This thing of ours, of thinking we can just be anything, as long as there's money involved. Oh Lord. Uh, okay, if you say to no, I'm fundis, I'm gifted uh, in business, I can do anything. Good luck, my friend. I told them, A Hillcrest, I've accepted. I'm a pastor. I'm called for the church. And I have quit a long time ago trying anything else. I just want to be the best that I can be as a pastor. As a Christian leader, leading in the church. That's, what, that's the only thing I want to perfect in life. I'm not worried about running this country. Someone else must be, is called for that. I mean, it's confusing as it is. I'm not sure if our current driver knows what he's doing. Um, I, I, so I don't even want to bother trying to explore. If you are asking me, what are we supposed to do next to get this country to be? I don't know. Ask me about church. Ask me about Jesus. And I'll, I'll jump into that conversation. Right? Of course, I will have an idea around politics and whatever, but I'm not the right person to engage with when you are looking for political solutions or economic solutions or whatever the case may be. I'm not an entrepreneur, at least in, in, in economic terms. Maybe in building the church and because you have got to be entrepreneurial in a, in a, in a certain way, but, but, but at some point you need to decide what are you about? What are you about? You, you see, there's a dangerous statement. We're going to deal with that probably uh, two weeks from now. There's a very dangerous statement that Christians normally make these days. And each time they say that I, I get scared. When they say, this year I've decided to choose me. <laughs> this year I'm about me and nothing else. I'm like, whoa, can we first answer the question, who are you? So that the, the you you are choosing is the correct you. Who defined you? Which version of you are you? It, it scares me because that when in most cases when a Christian says that, they are simply saying, I am quitting to become who God wants me to be. And I'm deciding to be the easier version of me that I am comfortable with in my flesh and in my own selfish desires. You, you must just check that person after a month. Yeah. When they said, I am choosing me, they were preparing you that I'm about to make the worst mistake of my life and I don't need you to judge me. I am about to get deeper into what you've been correcting me on and I don't need your opinion about it because I am choosing me. So the vision must be clear. Not only are we supposed to write it down, but it must be written down clearly. It must, it must be a clear vision. Yes, you wrote it down, but is it clear to you? Is it clear to even the people you are talking to about it? Is it clear even to God as you talk to him about it? By clear, I simply mean, is your vision concise? Can it be learned? Can it be explained? Is it, is it articulative? Is it relevant? Let's take it one at a time. What do I mean when I say the vision must be concise? To be concise, it is when you are giving a lot of information clearly 
and in a few words. In other words, you are brief but comprehensive. Because long vision statements often lose their essence and true meaning. And not only will they confuse those who are reading the vision, but also the visionary him or herself. You see, once you ask a person, what do you want to be? Or what do you want to do? And they start giving you unending explanations. If while you are explaining your vision, I'm quiet for five minutes, you are even trying to find yourself. So when your vision is clear, it will be concise. I will give you one brief statement that I know it is pregnant with purpose, with strategy. I just give you one line and wait for you to ask me what do I mean by that. But once I want to give you my vision, explain and, and, and con- I'm, in other words, I am simply trying to convince you and I'm trying to convince myself. So if you can't give it to me in one sentence of less than 10 words. Let me give you an example. That's why municipalities, government departments, Ziakora. Because as you walk in, the vision statement written on the banner. You can't read it at a glance. You, you have to read, think, read again, think, read again, pray, read again, call the call center, discover that even the one who is on the call center does not have a clue. They have never seen the statement you are talking about. As a matter of fact, if you can say it to them without mentioning that it is your vision or you are asking them about the vision, they will think you have called a wrong department. Because it can't be read at a glance. Can you write down something about your life, about your family, about your career or your calling in a concise manner? Can you just give me a brief and yet comprehensive statement? Just one line, less than 10 words. In one line. And be so confident about it and wait for me to ask you what do I mean by that? It must be what? Concise. So that you are not going to confuse yourself and you are not going to confuse those who are supposed to help you. Because I can stand here today and say I have a million to help you. I was talking to another friend of mine a, a couple of days ago and I was saying there's nothing as painful as having money with no vision. If, you, if money is going to land on your hands today and you don't have a clear vision as yet, your money is going to finish before you figure out the vision. By the time you figure it out, the money will be gone. Because the Bible describes money as something that has wings. It flies out easily. The only way to capture money is through vision. The only way of not wasting money, it is through vision. Because By the time it is finished, it is invested in vision. It has left you with something that you can work with to multiply it and increase it. Let me make an example because probably you are saying to me, Fundis, what do you mean by that? Let's say, for an example, here is Masanabo. 
he he's in television production and whatever the case may be. Here I am, I'm still trying to figure things out. We both receive a million. The following morning, he goes, he buys equipment, right? Buys equipment, buys a camera, buys the next best thing, whatever. Dollies, Jimmy Jeep, uh, 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 hard drives, computers, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Hires a team, buys a panel van. The million is gone. I'm trying to think. While I'm thinking, I'm hungry. I go and buy a beggar. While I'm thinking, I'm tired. I fly out to New York. I am posting on Instagram. I am buying shoes. I'm trying to figure things out. And then after three months, I'm like, yeah, if I can start a bakery. When I go to my bank account, it's finished. His money is finished. But he has equipment. Both our money is gone. But he has, he has in, it's, in, it's hidden in vision. Invested in vision. Now, he has something to work with. Now, when he's, he's giving a proposal, he says, we can record at this quality. This is the kind of a team that we have. These are the deliverables. Why? Because he has the equipment. He has no money in the bank account. But he has the capacity. He has the resources to bring it back into the bank account. It's in the vision. So that's what I'm saying. Vision is the, is the, is the easiest way of not losing money. Because if vision has eaten you up, all that you think about is the vision. How can I invest more in this vision? How can I invest? That's why if you don't have a vision for your family, going on holiday will be a waste to you. He. Taking your children on holiday, if you don't have a vision for your family, will be a waste. Because vision says, I need to have a healthy family. So when I have money, I need to invest in my relationship with my family. Let's go out because it makes them happy. But it becomes a waste. I'd rather spend it on myself. I don't respect any parent who thinks about themselves first when they get money. (laughs) Says a 32-year-old. Just protecting your mother. <laughs> you, want, you won't do that to mama in my presence. <laughs> Number two. Is your vision teaching you something? Are you learning anything? From your vision. Is your vision pushing you to go and equip yourself with some form of knowledge in order for it to be fulfilled? If when your vision comes, you feel like you have every knowledge in the world to fulfill it, it's not yet clear to you. Because when vision comes, it comes in its perfect form and it comes to expose your shortcomings. Because your vision is a picture of your end result. 
Where you are supposed to go. You are not there yet. So sometimes your vision will come to you and say go to school. If you want to see this, go to school. If you want to see this, go and learn that. Go and study that. Get that skill for you to, 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 to see this happen in your life. So if it does not provoke you to go and, go and learn something, it's, it is not yet clear. Keep on praying and keep on looking. Because as you pursue it, you must learn something. On your journey to fulfill your vision, you must become a better version of yourself. Your vision is there to improve you. That's why Habakkuk, you know the Bible is very practical. We over-spiritualize it. I will set myself on the rampart and I'm going to watch to see what he's going to say to me. That's what Habakkuk says. And why and how I am going to respond when I am corrected. So vision comes to correct you. In your shortcomings, in your misinformed state, it comes to expose you to say, eh, on this area, you are not yet there. Let's go and learn. Let's go and study. Let's go and equip ourselves. Let's go on a research. Because some of you can say, oh, I, no, but I, I didn't get money to go to school. But you have a smartphone with millions of free internet courses, free material that is available. There's YouTube. There's all sorts of things as long as you are going to get it from the right sources. Because not everyone who is on YouTube is telling the truth. Some are there to get subscribers and make money out of them. If you are not learning anything new from your vision, it is too small. Number three, can it be explained? Can you explain your vision to someone else without getting confused yourself? I said when you start, you start with a concise statement. And when they ask you, what does it mean? Can you explain it? Without losing yourself. I said to you, prepare, we are going to go for a rough ride. Ne? I know this sermon is not a take it one. I see your breakthrough around the corner. Receive in Jesus' name. Can you explain your vision to someone else without getting confused? This does not mean repeating the vision. It means explaining the vision. Now that I gave you that concise statement, now let me unpack it practically. Let me break it down to you. Let me share with you what does it entail. What do I mean by that word? What do I mean by that word? What do I mean? You see, our vision as the church, it is concise. A house of his glory, a home for his people. It's brief, but comprehensive. When you come and ask, what do you mean? You excite me. We can stay the whole night just unpacking what that vision statement means. When we started the church, it was not concise. It was not clear. It was not even clear to me. It went like this. A dwelling place of God in the spirit. A place where the father of glory and his glory dwells. Oh Lord. As I say it, a person will be scared to say, hey, in this church they are deep. 
A house of his glory, a home for his people. It stirs interest. What do you mean? We even have a, even a shorter version of it. His house, our home. So which one is yours? Why you've written it? Is it a paragraph or is it a book on its own? That somebody must still go and make a research to understand what you were trying to say. <laughs> but can you explain it? And number four, is it articulative? Are you fluent in your vision or is it a tongue twister? The emancipation of the imaginalized within the context of the previously disadvantaged and trying so in other words if if i'm not fluent in english i cannot be able to just simply repeat this vision to you i mean what, what are you saying is it articulative are you fluent in it or must you open a book first to reread the vision Back to you and back to you. Somebody say, yeah, I'm from this, this thing is boring. Uh, where are you? I mean, you, uh, okay. All right. Let's see when we land. Let's see. And lastly, your vision must be relevant to your life, family, and calling. Yes, you have a vision. But is it relevant to your life, family, and calling? Life, family, and calling. Is it relevant? You have this big, powerful vision that has got nothing to do with you. That has got nothing to do with your family. Nothing to do with your calling. Your night's powerful. It's concise. It can teach somebody something. Right? It, 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 it can be explained. Yes, it's articulative. But the most important thing is it relevant? Is it relevant? Is it? I can have a great vision. And God can ask me, but it has got nothing to do with what I have called you for. I can have a vision to be a billionaire. And so that I can have companies all over the... It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful vision. But God will ask me, where are souls? Because that's not what I've created. Many of us, what we are after is something that will be appealing to other people, but it is irrelevant to the plan and the purpose that God has for our lives. A clear vision. Or developing a clear vision will entail the following. Number one, start with a personal vision. Start with a personal vision by answering the following questions. You can play as I close. Start by writing down one short sentence to describe the kind of life you want to live and lead. What kind of a life you want to live? Number one, as a believer, because now you are a Christian, right? You are a believer. But as a believer, that's why many of us we claim to be Christians, but we don't have a vision for a Christian life. That's why we say we are Christians, but we are not living a Christian way because there's no vision in that area. 
We have a vision for our businesses, but no vision for life. How do you want to live as a Christian? What's your vision? So you start with your life. Because even your business needs to find you knowing who you are. Knowing a vision for yourself. Your business needs you, not the imitation of you. It does not need the... the listen, when God saves us, he is trying to upgrade us to be relevant to our vision. So in most cases, when we neglect the vision for our lives, we are bringing a downgraded version of ourselves to the vision that God has given to us. That's why we malfunction in it. Because your vision needs the real you that God has revealed to you. It needs that vision. It needs that vision. Not who you are pretending to be. So start with the vision for your life. What kind of a life do you want to live as a believer, number one? Number two, as a man or as a woman? Let me put it this way. Start with a concise statement concerning a vision for your life, right? Or concerning a vision in your life, number and then And then do this. Say, this is the life that I want to live in a statement. A concise one, less than 10 words. The one that you can be fluent in articulate and it must be pregnant if you have to get scriptures get them so that you can learn more about it and so that you can explain it right but do this after that statement just say as a believer i'm going to show you a template just now just say as a believer and find one or two words that will describe the kind of a believer you want to be number two say as a man what kind of a life do i want to live as a man now as a man as a man Find one or two words that will describe the kind of a man you want to be. I want to be a godly man, for an example. And say, this is my vision as a man. Or I want to be a committed believer. Right? That is going to make me be or live the life that I've just mentioned as my personal vision. So as a woman, what kind of... That's why, we become so random. You become a Christian, God has started you off well. But because you don't have a vision of how you want to live as a woman, then you end up becoming any kind of woman. And you accept any kind of nonsense. Yes, that one. Then you accept anything that comes your way. Why? Because you did not take time envision yourself as the kind of a woman that God wants you to be. As a kind of a man that God wants you to be. You see, when you lack a vision as a man, a woman who throws herself to you will confuse you. Will send you signals that she might be better than your wife. I want to be a godly man. What does it mean to be a godly man? I will not commit adultery in any shape or form. Whether it is better than according to my own eyes because that which God has alluded me is enough for me. So what's your vision as a man before you even get married for, for, for an example? As a man who is single, what is your vision? As a man, what are the things that you think a Christian man must do and must be and what's your vision around that know yourself in that area as a woman the same thing what kind of woman do you want to be find one or two words that will describe you like that 
into so and, and because once you become that woman you know the kind of a man that will be compatible compa- compatible to that you're not going to be confused you know what you are looking for because in marriage you are not trying to find into a fana now but you are trying to find into a compatible to you when god spoke to adam he said i will make you a suitable helper comparable to you in other words i need a different version of myself that is going to upgrade me and help me become yes how can you need to come out in this routine by pilimality unguru will find me a helper when i get married i need help what does it mean i can't get to where i have to be without this helper so my wife comes really to help me become a better, better version of myself so when she says to me brush your teeth she's not mothering me she's helping me after i use the bathroom when she says to me wash your hands she's helping me become a man of god with manners with a when when she says to me chew properly she's helping me who when i'm invited somewhere sitting with important people i will have etiquette when she says to me ungawathokla mateka ngcolini She's not mother and she's helping me. Oh, you are right, Lamati. Fela mina ngi chenza ngithi. Angilanda. Samachita she right. But she's helping me with one day. It's not even going to be about me. You are going to embarrass yourself sitting with great people. And they'll be like, "Yeah, mama." That's why I'm saying the best first thing that any man can do a boy can do who wants to get married start by washing your shoes change your socks daily brush your teeth daily that's your breakthrough for marriage for as long as you can't you can't you can't notice that you can't sleep with a t-shirt and make it a vest the next day like now my wife noticed she said to me look you are sweating a lot when you preach your armpits sweating a lot so she found me something that i need to put on and whatever to take care of and it's supposed to be a tree. she's helping me before i got married i couldn't care less about anything i was fine i'm a man of god i hear from god i glow in the dark i'm anointed i'm called that's enough 
I can preach. That's enough. That's enough. I don't care about how I look. Any t-shirt is good. She will force me to buy things. I'll be like, this thing is expensive. And she'll say, so what? Buy it. She's helping me. When you are getting married, not only are you marrying this man, you are marrying his vision. So in coming up with your own vision, be aware that there will be an overriding vision over your life. So you better ask the right questions before you say, I do. Because when the Bible says you shall not usurp authority, you can have more English than him. You can have more money than him. But at the end of the day, in his light, you must see light. We are not here to take over. We are here to help. We are here to take his side. If you are not ready for that, you are not ready for marriage. Because for the rest of your life, you will be fighting for space. You'll be fighting for recognition. You'll be fighting to be heard. You'll be opposing because you see things your way. In his light, you must see light. That's why before you say I do, ask him, what's your personal vision? Why are you going? What are you building? Because when I come, I come with help. I come to enhance. And when I, when this thing grows, can this vision that I've been having for my, can it find place in your vision? Can it be enhanced by your vision? It's like somebody who is called at Builders Church, somebody who is also called in, in my light, they will see light. By me fulfilling my vision, pursuing what they, they also find place. So they are here to help me, not so that I can only look good, but also so that they can fulfill their callings as well. So is marriage. Marriage is not about just a man fulfilling his own thing at the expense of the vision of the wife. No. But it's all about two people coming together in a compatible way that when both of us are walking in our purpose, we are fulfilling our God-given vision. Don't ask him, where are you going to take me for holiday? That's not important. Where are we going to? Ah, ask where are we going in terms of destiny destiny not 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 holiday destination destiny of life where are we going where are you headed to oh lord but two family vision what is your family vision write it down Write down a sentence that will describe your ideal family that you want to be. And ask yourself following questions. What, what kind of a father do I want to be? What kind of a mother do I want to be? What kind of a child do I want to be? What kind of a husband do I want to be? What kind of a wife do I want to be? In one or two words, I want to be a loving husband. That's your vision. So in other words, and, and that which you can already do don't make it your vision 
you are already there. If you are naturally a romantic husband, you know how to apply that, that one is your second nature. Forget about it. Don't say a loving husband. You are already a loving husband, right? How about you say, I want to be a faithful husband? Because that one is more challenging. It's something that you have to work on. a wife you want to be if you are original pela right who are naturally submissive because of the families they are coming from it's easy baba i was from time to time i had to try and say to my wife that's her nature so in other words in as far as she's concerned she needs to come up with something that she needs to work on remember the vision must come to teach you something that you don't already know so the one that you already know put it aside because you've mastered that one find the one that must challenge you to go and learn something but I did warn you it's good it's over rough by the time we have seen the glory of God are we here ask yourself what kind of a family do I want to build what kind of children do I want don't just be random about it you see because of the kind of children we wanted to raise there are certain things that we had to decide this is an alcohol free home That that is my home so it doesn't matter who you are my father used to drink when he was alive. He knew my house is an alcohol-free zone. Because of the vision, the vision dictated that if you are a friend, you are visiting me, I, I don't mind what you do in your own space. When you come into my space, the vision dictates what happens here. If if you can't come here, love you, I appreciate you, but this is my house, my vision, my home. In my house, you don't bring a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're my, this is, this is, this is a marriage zone. This is a zone of modeling marriage. I don't want to confuse those who are around me with certain habits. You don't bring a girlfriend to my house. You, you don't bring to my house. If if you are my friend, you have a wife. Let's stick to your wife. I don't care what you do in your extra space. Don't confuse me. Don't introduce me to people who don't. Please don't. I'd rather lose you as a friend. Don't bring. A, if you are not married with this girl, don't bring me. Don't. How oh, manje? See to suspend her two nights. Where? Where? There's no bed of fornication in my house. Go and do it somewhere else. Get a hotel or something. Not my house is not a brothel. It's not. It's a home where I'm raising a family. Vision dictates. So that when they decide to do whatever that they do, they are not going to pin it on me. It's going to be their own doing. Because I did not model that here. There's no there's no one who'll phone me at 11. Ah, 
That's your business. Find another friend who is living that kind of life. Leave me alone. Because when I'm jumping out of bed at night, I need to tell my wife where I'm going. Oh, Lord Jesus. Number three. What is then your vocational vision? What do I mean by that? I simply mean, what is the vision for what you want to do in life? Be it the business, be it. And it's comprehensive. Then it covers every area of your life. Please copy this slide. This slide. It's just going to give you guidelines, guidelines of what I've just shared. It's going to help you formulate a vision for your life. Screen, uh, Martini, take a picture of it, whatever, go and work on it. Let's stand on our feet. I wish I brought a message that will allow me to release the anointing. But here's where the anointing is today. Go and develop a vision for your life, for your family, and for your calling. Start working on it if you want to see the glory of God in your life. If you want to see, look at look at look at what the Bible says. It says, Whatever you do, he will prosper. The Bible says he will bless the works of your hands. The question is, what are you doing? What are you working on? Is what you are working on in line with what God is trying to do in your life? Vision is not when you are upset because seven zini. They are telling you what to do, bakshailum and then you are angry. You are saying you are humble, you are planning business. That's not vision. That's just short temper. Yeah. <laughs> I did not say it. Moose said it. That's not vision. So I'm challenging you as we are going to enter into the prayer week. Take this. Pray over it. Ask God. Lord, show me the kind of life that you have called me to live. As a believer, as a man, as a woman, also hoy in there as a friend what kind of a friend do you want to be you know how you keep friends by just developing a vision your vision will tell you what kind of friends can you keep your vision will teach you to be loyal to your friends last week he's my best friend How do you know? Best. Best. Become, the Bible says, he who wants friends must he himself be friendly. So start with what kind of a friend do you want to be? Show them loyalty first. Show them commitment first. Because long ago, I to best friend. Three months from now, you'll be complaining. best friend. Are we expect back? Then best friend. That's why Lava was so to Mama Malgue. Because I see a bangan, no, my boys is so caban. 
So ukuze mina nawe sikubeka sibe ama builder ama asingabolekani man. I'm sure no auntie somewhere, I'm sure no best friend okule nayo sa mina nawe sihlanganela esontweni ngoJesus. And all I want to know about you is Christ in you. I don't want the hope of stress. I want the hope of glory in you. Father, we thank you for your word. We know this word is just strong. But we trust you for the grace to fulfill it. For we know that if we can apply this and if this can be a reality in our lives, we are going to be at a totally different level at the end of this year. For we know, oh God, that you said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And you said you have seen well because I'm getting ready to perform my word. We know that performing your word depends on what do we see concerning our lives, concerning our families, and concerning our callings. And therefore, even as we are going to enter into this prayer week, we ask, speak to us more in time. Let this week be about vision. May our eyes see. May we see right. May we hear right. And in areas where we have to be corrected, where we've taken wrong paths, we adopted wrong things for ourselves, correct us. For we know that those you love, you correct. You correct us not so that we can experience pain or shame, but you correct us because you love us. Help us, give us things that will lead us to a glorious destiny. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.